here I am doing the same things I told myself I'd never do again. Why can't I ever quit? I have no self-discipline. With Christ's help, I will be different. He's helping me become who God wants me to be. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Some people get all the breaks, but not me. No matter how hard I try, things never go my way. God is with me and has plans to bless me. He is directing my steps and giving me power to do all He wants me to do. This is going to be my best year ever. Every year I try to change and every year I fail. Forget it. This year I'm not even going to try. This year will be different. I did the right thing today. If I can do it today, I can do it tomorrow. One day at a time, God is changing me. Succeeding at the big things has a lot to do with the little things. Actions matter. Small things, big difference. Well, good morning, Life Church. It's great to be with you, and uh, thank you so much for the opportunity, Pastor Brian, to, to deliver a message. And I got to share with you, Pastor, um, the fact that you asked me to do this and you shared back, it was probably about five weeks ago. Um, this has really had a big impact on my life, and thank you. And I have a funny feeling you must have known that this was just the right kind of message that I needed to hear from myself. So uh, I might be a bit selfish today as I share this message, which is that, is that okay? Because what I'm going to share with you in this message today, I need to hear just as much as anyone else. Are we all right with that? See, I love Life Church because this is a place where we can be so real and so transparent. This is where we can actually come with everything that we have that we feel that it's burdening us. And we can just kind of be with people that understand that that's all right and we can move forward from it. We actually have answers to some of these things as well. So is it all right today if while we're sharing this message with you that if it changes the way you think about things that you actually maybe implement something that you hear? Is that okay? Outstanding, outstanding. Well, uh, I like to stand up uh, first and kind of share with you for two reasons. One is, uh, I just I love to see everybody that's here, and two is that it helps me to adjust my contacts because they get a little blurry sometimes. So now that they're adjusted and I still can't see, is there any more light up here that I can see on this? Because if not, I'm going to take the 20 pages of notes I have and just throw them on the floor and let the Holy Spirit take over, which I know He will do for sure. First of all, let's start off in prayer this morning. Father God, we thank you for this day. Lord God, we thank you for your Holy Spirit that is in this room, that is impacting each and every one of us, Father. We thank you that you, God, have told us desires, and you've placed them in our hearts. Father God, we ask you that you strengthen us, that we become spirit-disciplined through knowing you, through becoming more faithful to you, knowing your loving character through the word we read and the associations that we have. And we thank you for this, and we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Well, good morning. We're finishing up a four-part series called Small Things, Big Differences, and it's been a great series, and through each and every step, I've really looked inward to myself as I've received the messages, and I'm sure you have as well. In that first message, we talked about one small word, how one word can actually impact an entire year, perhaps an entire lifetime. And Pastor Brian was, uh, and Matt actually that delivered that word, was so good about sharing that one word can actually move us in our thoughts. And in that second week, we talked about our thoughts and how what we focus on in our life truly starts to expand. Matter of fact, there was somebody this morning when they walked in, they said, gee, I've been thinking about when you might be speaking next. And I said, you must have spoke that into existence because today's the day, so prepare yourself. I'm not sure how it will go. Uh, I trust that 
Everyone in this room, though, is going to be impacted by something that you hear today that's going to change your life. The third week, we talked about how those thoughts actually move us into the words that we use. Our thoughts actually move us into the words that we use. And we talked about how we speak life into people. You know, we can build words around people that they can grow up into. You can speak to a child and you can say, I can see you becoming so confident. I can see how you, by making your bed, have become so much more disciplined in your life that now you deserve to have something more. You can speak that kind of living word into an adult and say, I see you having a strong relationship. I see you becoming the person that God so desires you to be. I see paths being opened for you. See, we speak living words around people that literally grow them up. And when we speak those words, they turn us towards actions. And today we're going to talk about actions or habits or disciplines, if you will. We all have them. We all wish we had less of some and more of others. And we're going to delve into what that's all about. Essentially, in our message today, and I still can't read this, so I'm, going, I'm just going from what God's given me over the last five weeks. Is that all right? Yeah. Essentially, what this means is, is it means that in these messages that we've, we've been listening to, there's been a resounding flow, a thread that's gone through all of them. And that thread that goes through all of them is, is how do I actually respond to my world today versus how do I respond to my world as I see it as my mission? And there's a phrase that I'd like you to understand. It's in, your, uh, it's in your insert this morning. And if you move to that, you'll see that it says, it's the small things that no one sees. You might want to fill that blank in, that no one sees. That's important as we move through this. That no one sees that result in the big things that everybody wants. You know, how many times in my life, or maybe in your life, because I believe we're probably a lot alike, uh, have you actually looked at somebody and said, man, if I just had what they had. If I just had what they had, then I could do what they do, and then I could be who they are. If I just had what Pastor Brian had, then I could do what Pastor Brian does, and and I could be like Pastor Brian, and I could inspire so many people towards living a life for Christ. Nah, that's not it. See, our world is built on these little things that no one else ever sees. You know, they, they say there's no such thing as an overnight success, right? Well, there's no such thing as an overnight success in our life either. Now, God will have impacts on us that will enlighten us and bring us great clarity, although these things are brought upon us by little things that we do. So today we're going to talk about little things that you choose to do, or get this, choose not to do. I see Kim walking in, and and i got to tell you, one of the most disciplined... (laughs) It's just the way it goes. Did you want to talk to Pastor Brian? Yeah, you're good. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's inappropriate that she did. Last night, Kim's son was sitting in the back, and, and um, what I saw was is I saw Gordy. And, and for the time that I had with Gordy on this earth, I'm forever blessed because he was the most disciplined person I knew. He did things that nobody else would see that caused him to look so disciplined on the outside. And I compared my insides to his outsides all the time. And as much as I revered Gordy and understood that he probably had some things he was dealing with too, I just always was like, if I could be just like Gordy. Man, maybe you felt that way too if you had a chance to know that amazing person. And what I found out is every time I compared my insides to other people's outsides, I end up feeling bad about myself. I became a victim. I started to search for reasons why I couldn't be what God had set forth for me in my life, my potential that he purchased for me, if you will. 
So friends, this is such an important message that Pastor and all the other, uh, Tom and Matt, had brought through their messages is that the small things that no one sees result in the big things that everyone wants. It's the small things that no one sees on a football team that results in the victories on Sunday on the field. It's the small things. So let's not disparage ourselves and think that the small things aren't important because God loves when you begin a journey of perseverance and he honors that each and every time. Um, I want to share with you this, this idea of discipline. And simply, discipline as you look at it from here on out, maybe you'll have a different way of looking at it. As a matter of fact, I believe that somebody, if not somebody's in this room, are going to get so fired up about this that it's going to change the way you look at your life. Discipline doesn't have to be negative. I know we kind of grow up with that word and we're conditioned to it. It's negative. You know, you're going to go to the principal's office so you can be disciplined. Yeah, wait till your father gets home so you can get discipline. If you really want discipline, wait till mom gets home because she is going to discipline you. See, we were conditioned to think that discipline is negative and actually it, thing, it actually brings the fruit into our world. If you think about it, when a, when a gardener is disciplined with his, his crop or her, her fruit, they produce great yield when they're disciplined in doing the small things. So the discipline is simply choosing between what you want now, get this, what you want now. How many of you, raise your hand, are like me, where there are things you want now and you move on it? I do. Man, I want a cheeseburger now. Ooh, and a chocolate shake now, because that would be great, right? Get this, here's the thing. I, this changed me when I started studying for this, and this literally put me on a whole new quest for the temple of my body, for the Holy Spirit. Because, see, la- over the last two years, I put in for a building permit for my temple, and I added an, I added an addition to it. And uh, I now hired a demolition crew to take, take care of that for me. Um, here's the important thing. Choosing between what you want now, say now with me, now, and what you want most. Now, now get this, whenever you're confronted with an opportunity, chocolate donut, I want that now, or what do I want most? So it begs for us to understand what is most. And by the time we walk out of here today, friends, we're going to understand most, because I'm asking the Holy Spirit to light on you today, to bring clarity into your, into your thinking about what it is that you truly want most in your life. Not just dealing with what you want now, because dealing with what you want now is dealing with situation, which means you're dealing with a life by, des- by default. If you're constantly just moving to what you want now, what you want now, what you want now, your life is moving from crisis to crisis, situation to situation, maybe just to keep up with the Joneses, you're living a life by default. What I'm going to share with you through, uh, through Paul the Apostle is, is really moving from that life of now to life of most. What I truly want is I truly want a physical being, a temple, if you will, for the Holy Spirit to, to come in and fill that I can be proud of, that he is in me, that I can be here for my grandchildren. You know, I, I got a story real quickly before we get into the rest of this. My granddaughter, Mackenzie, she's uh, six, and uh, she had an inspirational thought, a spiritual thought in the car, and I, and, uh, I wanted to share it with you. Just the other day, she, she asked my wife and I as we were driving, she said, um, Nanny, is Santa Claus number two or number three? 
It was almost a question where you had to stop and pull a car over to answer, right? Where's this coming from, Mackenzie? She said, well, if God's number one, is Santa Claus number two or number three? Is Jesus number two or Santa Claus? She was trying to figure out that holy trinity, if you will. (laughs) And I answered it the best way that I could. I said, that would be a great question for you to ask Pastor Brian when you see him. (laughs) (laughs) So here we are. We're, we're talking about discipline. We're talking about habits that we form. Because, see, what you do is who you are. Can you say that with me? What you do is who you are. You might want to write that down if you're really looking to change something in your life. Because what you do is really who you are. Now, whether that's good or bad. Now, my guess is if you have a success in your life, maybe you're successful at business. My guess is that you have disciplines in that business that cause you to be successful. You do what you say you're going to do. You show up on time. If you're successful in your relationship as a husband and a wife, there are things that you're doing in that relationship to make it successful. Because how many people know that marriage just doesn't work on its own? own. You got to work it, right? It's like, it's like a, a field that has great yield if you work it and have discipline. So you have dinners together where you talk to each other. You reconnect with each other, whether it's weekly on a date night or was it, whether it's a going away for a week every once a year or whatever it is. You actually maybe even go to a life group together and you share your most with each other. This is what I desire most in my life. And you as my partner can be my, my most supportive person in helping me get to my most. You know, maybe you're a great student. Maybe you're a great police officer. Maybe you're just wonderful here as a volunteer in church. You know what? Those things there have disciplines. You show up on time. You do it. You smile. You have God's spirit in you. So important that we understand that if you don't know what that area is, I was reading today in my version Bible, hint, 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 uh, I was... Well, here's the thing, and I'll talk about that in a minute. I was reading that it said, if you don't know exactly what you're meant to do, what your gifts are, just go ahead and try anything in, in, the, in the church community. Try something out. And, and Rick Warren said, if it didn't work, then just assume that it was part of an experiment and you moved on to something. You were that much closer to finding out what it was that you were meant to do. I want to share with you this whole thought that uh, Apostle Paul gives to us. Now, Paul, undisputably, is probably the, the greatest spiritual leader in all of Christianity. And he's sharing some messages with us. You know, and, and as I was studying for this message, it just, it just came on me that, man, sometimes I just feel like I am, I'm just taking up space here. Have you ever felt like, man, I, I just don't feel like I'm, I'm moving forward, or, or maybe I, I'm, I'm actually holding myself backwards? And, and as I started to read from Romans here in chapter 7, maybe you can understand where this spiritual leader was at as well. It says, I really don't understand myself. How many of you, you know, maybe had a perception that church was all stuffed up and there were people here that thought they were something different than they really were? Well, here's Paul. And here's what he's telling us. He's telling, he's telling us that I don't really understand myself and I totally love that transparency. Because, friends, sometimes I don't understand myself either. Maybe you're like me. And sometimes you just understand yourself. See, for I do what is right. I want to do what is right. But I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. Now, I don't know about you, but I, I live that. I, I, I know what's right, and, and, and then I don't do what's right, and I do what I hate. And it, it, it just really 
boggles my mind. And it really makes me feel like there's somebody who's got an entryway into my life, a, a spiritual, uh, real enemy that's in there moving me. He goes on to say, I want to do what is good, but I don't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. Well, maybe you're sitting here and something is relating to you right now. I wanted to do what was good, but I don't. Or I, I, want, I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. And get this, in verse 20 it says, But if I do what I don't want to do, I'm not really the one doing wrong. See, if I do, he says, if I do what I really don't want to do, I'm not the one that's doing wrong. Catch this, this is important. It's the sin. What is it? It's the sin living me that does it. It's the sin that lives in me that does it. See, friends, when I read this, it didn't, at first I thought, well, man, that gives me an excuse. It's not on me. (laughs) It's on the sin. And then I thought about this message of creating habits and disciplines that work for me, that actually will help me become more of what God sees in me as the potential for me. And when I, when I looked at that, I thought, wow, I am not able myself. I am not self-disciplined enough sometimes to say no to a cheeseburger or no to a bad thought or, or no to doing something that I know will tick my wife off. I know I don't want to do it, and I still do it. And when I read this over and over again, it was revealed to me and I, by the Holy Spirit that I am bent towards sin. Our human living natural body, we're bent towards sin. Left to our own devices, we can probably come up with some pretty wild things to do. And societies have proven that. What he goes on to say here is he says, you know what, if we're not able to do it ourselves, and I'm not, sometimes there are things that I just, you might be thinking, hey Mark, you, I've seen you speak here before, you've been to church, sounds like you've been in church all your life, you've got this thing going, you just, wait. no, 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 no. I have just as many bad thoughts and all that than anyone else that's ever walked the earth. I do. And maybe you can relate to that. See, I'm just bent on that, unfortunately. Although, something changed in me when I received Christ. And the difference is is that because I know I'm not physically or I'm not self-disciplined, I know I can be spirit-disciplined. I know that the God that raised Jesus from the grave lives in me. I woke up with God in me this morning. I'm trusting you did as well. That God is so powerful. He is more powerful than any flesh. He can overcome anything, anything. I am spirit disciplined. I'm becoming more and more spirit disciplined in my life because I understand, man, the the whole fight against the cheeseburger, the, the, the whole fight against the chocolate donut, man, sometimes that decision just isn't on my own the kind of decision I can make, especially at three in the afternoon. Eight in the morning, I can make the difference. I can make it happen. It's in that three o'clock zone where maybe I just struggle a little bit more. Spirit discipline. And this is where that question that I asked you to think about is what do you want now versus what do you want most? And that, that changed me. 
When I think of anything now, I say, is that what I want now or is that match up with what I want most? Father God, lead me to what I want most. Spirit disciplined. I believe as we move together as a body and we become more and more spiritually disciplined in the way that we see what's before us in our life, we're going to make a huge impact in the rest of the world. You know, Paul goes on to say in verse 24, oh, what a miserable person I am. Man, have you ever felt like that before? I, I know I have. Man, even last night after I delivered the message last night on my way home, you know, I grabbed on the steering wheel and I'm driving home. And guess what? Guess, guess what started to talk to me? Oh, you missed that. Oh, you didn't say that. Oh, the way you said that, that was crazy. Maybe you're not, you know, blah, 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 blah. By the time I got home, thank goodness nobody else was home. You know, because you can always go home and think about it, and you always get better when you go home and think about it by yourself, right? No, no. My, my, my wife and my granddaughter, who was staying with us this weekend, they were at a birthday party, and they didn't get home for an hour and a half. By an hour and a half, I just had worked myself up into a tizzy. tizzy. I thought that Pastor Brian was going to give me a resignation letter this morning, the whole nine yards. Everything was just not coming together. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life dominated by sin. Now get this, it doesn't say what. Because our society would have you to believe that there is something that you can take or do that can eliminate that. A pill, a plan, something, right? We're bombarded with it. You want to lose 50 pounds? Take this pill. You want to have more fun? Take this pill. There's all kinds of pills. (laughs) All kinds of pills. What we hear here from Paul is that it's who, who will free me. And what we hear is that it is, thank God, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen? Yeah. Jesus Christ, our Lord, can save us. He can bring us that spiritual, that spiritual discipline. Now, how do we move from knowing this into doing this? All right? Because we've all been to different meetings and church, and we get this great idea, and then we don't implement it. So we have all these smart shelves and books and all this stuff, and we just never implement. So today, is it all right if we take one step towards implementation? You know that when you implement something within the first 24 hours of learning it, you actually have an 80% chance of it actually happening in your life. And then you put God into that mix, and it's all over. It's all over. That's when one and one equals six, right? It's an awesome thing. So as I was studying through this, I read a book called Habit, The Habit. And it was all about how habits actually lead our lives. It's kind of interesting. It really works into what I do as a coach. You know, as a coach, what I do is I work with people and I help them find their maximum potential, their worldly potential. And they always say, as they coach with me, hey, I see something different in you. And I get to have great moments with them about Christ as well. And I was sharing with one businessman. I said, you know, he said, I don't have any disciplines, Mark. You see, I don't get my work done on time. I hit the snooze button so many times in the morning. I'm always late to everything I am doing. I'm rushed in everything I do. Uh, the only one thing that I actually do that's really good is I play basketball. And uh, he said, I don't have any disciplines in my life. And I said, look, I said, you do. You absolutely do. He said, you're right, I do. He says, I've mastered how to hit the snooze button enough so I know exactly when I have to get out so I can rush to work. I got it down to the second. He says, I've also mastered how to, uh, to, uh, to eat. He says, I've never missed a meal in my life. 
And, he, and then he went on to say, you know, he started to feel good about himself. He says, I've actually mastered the discipline of showing up at the gym on time. It's the only thing I show up for because I want to play on the best team that has the pickup basketball game at lunchtime. I said, there you go. You got it. You got some disciplines. Now, for many of us, we have disciplines that are disciplines that aren't consistent with our most. So they may be holding us back. So let's move into that area. And one of the things I learned in this book called Habit was is that you have to find yourself a place where they, they actually have these, these habits that are called keystone habits. Here's a keystone habit for me that I've developed here in the last six months or so. Flossing. <laughs> I absolutely hate, hate, hate the floss. As a far, former hockey player, one of my goals was to have most of my teeth out, right? That was just what, you know, flossing. Here's the thing. When I floss, guess what? When I floss first thing in the morning, I feel disciplined. When I feel disciplined, I eat better at breakfast. When I eat better at breakfast, I have more energy. All right? When I have more energy, I can go to the gym and I can work out. When I work out and go to the gym, I feel so good. When I go to work, I'm full of the spirit instead of full of stress. When I get to work and I'm full of the spirit, I love on people. I listen to people. I actually get my work done faster. I go home early. When I go home early, Tammy's like, why are you home early? She says, I love you. She says, I love you too. And it's awesome. It's absolutely awesome. Now, here's the thing. When I don't floss, when I don't floss, I wake up late. When I wake up late, I don't get to do my U version. don't have my Bible study. When I don't have my Bible study, I'm not full of spirit. When I'm not full of spirit, I don't start my day off well. I rush to work. When I rush to work, I'm not paying attention to people. I'm not listening the way I should. That means I stay to work late. I come home late. You know what? I stay to work late, so i got to drive home fast because I know Tammy's going to be ticked because I'm going to be home late, right? So I'm driving home fast, and I get pulled over by a police officer, although I don't want to stop, so I keep moving. I keep <laughs> rushing. Police officers pull me over. They... Uh, they pull me down to the ground. They arrest me, put my hands in handcuffs. All the businesses I own find out about it and everything just goes to, yeah, because I didn't, yeah, floss. <laughs> so we've got to find these keystone habits in our lives. Find these, these little habits that actually spur on keystone. What they do is they spur on other good things to move into your life. Now, one of the greatest things that you could probably do that's been provided to you so easily is maybe start your day with a U version. Get into U version. Get into whatever you can to get into the Word, whether it's in, you know, the book or a computer, tablet, whatever. Get into it. You can start your day right. When you start your day right, you feel a little bit better. When you feel a little bit better, you perform. Things start to move in a positive direction. So start figuring out what the keystone is. Because remember, friends, I, I just don't have the, the spiritual, excuse me, I don't have the self-discipline to say no to a lot of things. I have the spiritual discipline to actually say no to now and yes to most. Do you get that? I believe when you walk out of here today, you're going to have a clear understanding, a clarity about what you desire most in your life. Now, Paul was actually sharing in Corinthians to the Corinthians about this whole concept. And he says in this verse in chapter 9 in 1 Corinthians, he, he talks about, don't you realize that in a race everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize? Now, you got to understand this. Paul's talking to a culture or people that totally are enamored with racing, running racing. Uh, they had something called the Ithmian Games back then. This was pre-even the Olympics. And it was, uh, it was something of great pride to be chosen. They would choose, you know, several men to run from each community. And they would send them to the gymnasium. 
Now, the gymnasium back then was just an amazing part of the community. Uh, it was where these prima donna athletes were brought, and they were trained and conditioned for 10 months. They were given the best of foods, no alcohols, no, no any kind of thing that wasn't going to give them purity in their body. They trained in hot. They trained in cold. They were conditioned to run and run to win. And these folks that are listening to Paul through this letter understood running to win. You know, and what he said was, is all these athletes, they were disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away. But we, talking about we, the church, we do it for an eternal prize. See, when those runners ran, and you got to understand this, this is how fanatical they were about winning. These runners ran naked. Thank God they don't do that today, huh? Yeah, exactly. Uh, But it would be extreme motivation if they did, because if I was running, I would not want to come in third or fourth place. I would want to be way out in front, not running behind any of that stuff in front of me, right? So these folks understood running to win, and they, they understood the value that was put on the prize, and you want to know what the prize was that they were, they were running for? It was a, a crown of leaves. You win 10 months of training, here's some leaves. You know, here's some leaves for you. And within a few days, those leaves, you know what they do, right? See, we're running for an eternal prize. And Paul used this metaphor with them to help them understand that the, run, the race that we're running is a race that has everything at stake, our eternity. He goes on to tell us, Um, as I was looking into this, uh, you find out more about why they ran naked like that. And Paul actually talks about that, and he alludes to it. And I looked it up, and you can find it in Hebrews 12, verse 1, where they actually talk about when you're running to lose all the encumbrances that you have that sin could catch on to. See, the people understood that these people stripping off everything they had to run did it so they could run faster. What we hear in Hebrews is, can you strip off everything in your life that could possibly be something that would attach to sin? That means if you have a computer, a handheld, a mobile, you know, and that that opens up a gateway to pornography or to gambling, do you strip that away from you in your life? If, If you have a difficulty with alcohol or with drugs, do you provide yourself, do you strip away an environment so you're not in that environment? So that you can run your race to your potential as fast without anything dragging on you. That's what Paul's asking us because he's saying, you know, we're running for an eternal prize. And if you look as we go on, so run with purpose in every step. And here's the thing, friends. I've spent some of my life running without purpose. Maybe you're like me. Maybe you've had a week that you wish you had over to do again. Maybe you've had a month, a year, or maybe even 10 years where you wish you had to do it over again. Friends, it's today. Maybe for you today, hearing this message about now and most, maybe it's, it's, it's opened something up for you that it's never been opened up for you, and you can start walking each day with more purpose in your step. Is that now or is that most? Nope, that's now. I'm going to most. That's what we're talking about today. And that's what I believe Pastor Brian desires for you to hear in this message today. And let's just finish up this scripture. I'm not just shadow boxing, he says. I'm disciplining my body like an athlete. Now, what he means about shadow boxing when he's, he's, he's sharing this letter to the Corinthians is, I'm not just fighting some fake enemy. 
Friends, there is a spiritual enemy that is targeted on all of us to keep us away from our greatest potential that God has purchased for us through his son, Jesus Christ. When we get good at the things that no one sees, we're going to go have the things that everyone wants. You know, it's so important that we understand it comes through that training and that discipline. And here's the thing. Please understand, for me, this is vital. Left to my own devices, my self-discipline oftentimes isn't strong enough to say no to a piece of cake. Although the spirit discipline in me is way stronger than the appetite desire in me. Do you get that? The spirit discipline in me is way stronger than the appetite desire in me. You can replace cake with any word that you want to put in that blank. So what I would ask you to do right now is I'd ask you to, I think it's on the backside of your insert. I'm going to ask you to write down, just take a moment. This could be the most resolute moment in your life. It could bring you the most amount of clarity. It could be one word. It could be five words. Would you write down what you want most in your life? And friends, I think you know by now I'm not talking about material things. And I'm not saying that's bad because what desi- whatever God puts it on your heart as a desire, that me- desire in its root form in Latin means of the Father. Although I believe that what you have wanting most in your life is probably something that's a little bit different than a Mercedes-Benz or a, you know, a Ford F-175 or whatever, you know, whatever it is. Write down right now. Take that one step right now. Write down what you want most, what you desire most in your life. And then for you overachievers that have already done that, would you go ahead and then just... In the next line below, what do I need to do now? What do I need to do now to have what I want most in my life? Now, you don't have to share this with the person next to you, although the person next to you may be the person that you want to share this with. They may be the person that you are uh, desiring to be in accountability to. I do want to share with you this. Our leadership team here that is so amazing has set forth, a, set forth a vision with so much support in order for us to, to really move to what it is that we desire most in our lives. And here it is. You've seen this before, and I trust that today you'll never see it the same way. You could actually plug in with God in several different ways, one with daily devotions. Now, you've heard this. They've beaten us over the head with this thing. I've got to think if they're doing it that much, it's that important. And I know, for me, it's one of those keystone habits. When I floss my teeth, I feel good about myself. That means I get up earlier in the morning. That means I have time to do that. You might have to set aside a little bit more time in order to be able to put some time into a daily devotion. To to really pray about a prayer for one. Because I can guarantee you this, as you do the little things, God will so, so revere that, revere your perseverance in the small things that no one else will ever see. In the mid of night, in the the early of morning, the things that you have and desires you share, he will reward you. And when you point yourself towards him, and you point yourself towards serving others and asking for pathways, you're going to receive them. So the prayer for one will just become a very awesome power in your life. And when you see that happen, know that that's God sending you a note saying, I'm proud of you. I love you. And then... You know, find a place to serve. As in today's U version that I shared with you just a little bit ago, it was all about finding your place. Rick was just sharing, find your place to serve. And if you don't know where, just show up and say, hey, I'm here to serve. 
We've got a great team that will help you feel right at home. And if it doesn't feel right at home, we'll help you find a place that feels just right for you. Just a little thing. Maybe it's something that no one sees that makes a big difference. And then lastly, this week we start our life groups. Man, how powerful would it be for all of us to come to our life group with our most? And maybe that first session is, is I, I just want to share with you my most. And if you... Th- five or six or 12 people in this room can help me towards my most, man, we are now living that life of heaven here on earth. God has so much in store for us. His potential is just amazing. Did you hear something today that meant something to you? How many people here heard something today that actually meant something to them? Yeah, with your hands still up, would you just hold your hands up for just a minute? Say, Father God, I raise my hands up to you right now. Father, reveal to me the most. Or Father, I understand what my most is. Father, I ask you right now to clear a path, to bring clarity to my mind, to open me up to being self-guided by you, spirit-disciplined, allowing you to be my compass towards my full potential. Father, thank you for this time with these folks. I ask that you hold them up. You bless each and every one of them. Fill their house. Fill their barns. Father God, bless them with long life, with health, with love, with happiness. And fill them most with you, Lord. Because we know that when we're overflowing with you, others will see it and feel it and they'll want it. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.